to the word of the Lord, I want to ask you a question. Amen. I want to give two illustrations uh, before you right now. And I want to ask you the question, which shows uh, a deeper level of friendship? Amen. Which shows a deeper level of friendship? And I'll give you the two illustrations. The first one is uh, a friend is in the hospital. And I bring him some books in response to his request for a visit. Anybody that knows me, amen, uh, know over time that uh, one of the things that I like to do is I like to share good books. Amen. I like to share good books. And uh, maybe one day eventually I might even get around to writing a book. Uh, but for the illustration's sake, amen, there's a friend of mine that's in the hospital. And uh, they're going to be there for a while. And uh, they have asked me to come visit. And the COVID protocols are such that uh, they will allow me to come in and visit. But what I do is I show up to the hospital with a few books tucked under my arm. And I leave them at the desk. And I say, make sure these books get to uh, so-and-so's room. And uh, I leave. All right, that's the first example. Now, the second example is the same person is in the hospital, and I hear about it. Uh, and, and there are times when people will be in the hospital and they won't even let you know. And then they'll wonder why nobody come visit them. You know, we, we're not mind readers. But the person is in the hospital again, and uh, I find out that they're there. And uh, I get a few books to amen, help them to, uh, uh, you know, uh, pass the time. But not only do I bring a few books with me, but without saying a word, without hearing from them, I show up to visit them. And I sit down to talk with them. And I spend time with them for hours. Now, what is the better example of being a good friend? The one where I just showed up and left some books, or the one where I showed up and not only brought a word, or brought some good reading material, but I spent some time. The one where I spent some time and talked with them and communicated with them. Hallelujah. That's the better friend. All right. Well, you see, that's what I want to talk about today in the message. The title of our message on today is, I'm so glad that I am his friend. Can you say that with me? I'm so glad that I am his friend. Whether you believe it or not, there are whole denominations that believe that God does not communicate to his people other than by the Bible. And they believe that, you know, once the Bible was completed and canonized, that God stopped speaking individually to people. And that the only way he communicates is through the Bible. They don't believe that uh, God is still had, uh, communicating or talking. And uh, so that first example that I gave of just showing up and leaving some books that I've written and, and not taking out time to spend any personal time
time or attention. That's an example of what some denominations believe. They just believe that uh, if it ain't in here, God ain't saying nothing. But I'm so glad that I am his friend. And, you know, what would make people think that uh, the God who made us, the God who communicated uh, in times past, uh, it talks about how he spoke to us through the prophets. And in the book of Hebrews, it said, amen, that he's revealed his son and, 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 and that he's speaking to us. Uh, and, and I began to think about something, and I thought it was a little comical uh, and cute. But, uh, uh, and some of you that are members of the family will recognize it. I saw something on social media where one of our members was uh, relating how that their daughter, uh, young daughter, was riding with them. And uh, they had their GPS uh, connected. And the GPS was speaking out, you know, turn left or turn. And uh, their young child uh, remarked and thought, or some kind of way conversation came out that uh, their young daughter thought that the voice of the GPS, she thought that was God talking. And, uh, you know, she said, Mommy, that's God. And the mother had to uh, remark to her, no, that's not God. That's the GPS. And you know I sent a note, I, and I sent a, t a, a text to the mom. I said, maybe you need to bring her to church a little more often. <laughs> but even a baby, a young child, now she might not know what the voice of God sounds like, but even a young child knows that if it's a God, if it's God, God has the ability to communicate and speak. Oh, is anybody listening to me today? I'm glad that I am his friend. Now, last Sunday we were talking about, I'm glad that I'm his sheep. Because in St. John 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. Yeah. And so as we go into the scripture today, we're going to be looking at a couple passages of scripture. In St. John 15 and 15, we'll begin reading there. And in St. John 15 and 15, New King James Version, it says that, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Hallelujah. These are the words of Jesus. He's talking to his disciples. And notice he said that uh, there's a change in relationship that's happening. You've been with me a while, and you've been watching me, and you've been uh, uh, absorbing my teaching, and, uh, uh, and, and I've been doing an impartation in your life, and, 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 and no longer am I going to call you servants. Servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I call you friends for all things that I heard from my father. Evidently, the father talks to the son. Evidently, he said, for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made them known to you. 
And so uh, the first point that I want to talk about on today is that God does not speak to machines. God does not speak to machines. And in fact, if God had wanted to, he could have made us into robots. He could have made us into complex automatons. But I'm here to tell you, God does not speak to machines. Now, God can influence machines. Amen. God can impact machines, and God can do whatever he wants to. But the thing, one thing that, amen, I realized is that when it comes to communication, God does not speak to machines. You all with me? Amen. I, I, I hear some, amen, wheels turning. Amen. You're thinking about what I'm saying. God doesn't speak to machines. Amen. I'm so glad I am his friend. And, uh, you know, we're used to communicating what we want to accomplish in two ways. Now, we speak to machines. Anybody listening to me? I say we speak to machines. Amen. Have there been some times when you talk to your car or talk to the other car that was on the road which is said, what are you doing? Where do you think you're going? It's my turn to go. We're, we're talking to the car and the person in the car. And we, we, we talk to things all the time. But God doesn't talk to machines. And uh, we're communicating what we want to accomplish and we do it in two ways. Uh, if it's a machine, we communicate with it mechanically or digitally. Now, we're in a digital age. Say, if it's a machine, we communicate with it mechanically or digitally. If we want the oven to get hotter, what do we do? We, we Mechanically, we either turn the button up or if it's got a digital display, we push the button and watch the numbers go up. We're communicating to that machine. Now, we know that machine uh, doesn't have the same type of intelligence that we do, but, amen, uh, we want to accomplish something. We know it needs to be hotter, or, amen, when we're driving our car, amen, as we drive our cars, we communicate, and uh, when we turn the steering wheel uh, to the right, we are communicating through a mechanical linkage that we want to go to the right. When we shift the transmission from park into drive or reverse, we're communicating with the car as to the direction that we want to go. And it used to be the transmission was uh, a mechanical linkage in our cars now. Uh, our transmissions are, have, a, have, have a, a computer chips and they communicate digitally. There were airplanes in the past that uh, they operated by mechanical linkage. They had cables that controlled the flaps and the rudders and so forth and so on. Now, there's not so much cabling now, but everything has a microprocessor in it and communicate digitally. And that's the reason that if, if certain computers go out, the plane can't fly anymore. Was anybody listening to me? Said it, man, if it's a machine, we communicate uh, mechanically or digitally. 
if we're dealing with a person, we've even gotten to the point now where we can communicate to one another. We either do it personally, where we talk to one another, or we do it digitally. Yeah. You know, when we utilize uh, our cell phones, our voice is transformed into a digital signal that is received on the other end. And that digital signal is uh, uh, changed back to our, our voice. And don't, 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 don't let me start talking about texting. <laughs> amen. If we start texting, amen, we, 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 we're doing a mechanical operation on a digital device that's taking that mechanical and changing it to a digital and then taking it, amen, receiving it in a digital and, and displaying words on a screen. One thing that I found, uh, sometimes, some people are very good texters and uh, can't communicate very well when it comes to texting. And uh, so if there's something that is of importance, uh, I tell you what, Call me and talk to me direct. Don't, don't, don't just send me a text. Anybody listening to me? I'm talking about I'm so glad that I am his friend. So uh, God does not speak to machines. He didn't make us to be machines. He could have if he wanted to, but that's not what he wanted. And uh, the second point that I want to talk about is that God speaks to people. Y'all yeah. yeah. listening to me? Yeah. Amen. God speaks to people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, you know, I don't care what some of these denominations think or say. Uh, you know, that they think that the time of miracles have passed, the gifts, amen, are not in operation. Uh, 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 I can't help it if they don't believe. I still believe. Amen. I still believe in a God who answers prayer. Amen. I still believe in a God who has a, a purpose and a will for our lives. I still believe in a God who communicates to his people. God speaks to people. And how do I know that God speaks to people? Well, over in the book of St. John, the 16th chapter, and beginning at the 12th verse, uh, these are the words of Jesus. He's talking again to his disciples. And he says to them, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now here in John 16 and beginning at the 12th verse, Jesus is talking about the entrance of the Holy Spirit. And notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have many, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Do you know God understands our makeup. God understands our frame. God understands our capacity. Yes. 
And, and, and there's just something, you know, we, we, we all can get to a point to where we can't take no more. And you know what the word, I, I'm, I'm so glad Jesus is the word, yeah. but Jesus also uh, uh, aligns himself with the word. Yeah. Bible says God won't put any more on us than we're able to bear. So if we're having stuff that's causing us to break down, maybe it's not from God. Amen. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Say that with me. Whatever he hears, he will speak. Let's say it one more time. Whatever he hears, he will speak. If you are a child of God and have the Holy Spirit operating in your life, he'll speak to you. Now, we've got to learn how to listen, and we've got to learn how to be on the right frequency. I talked about that on last Sunday. Amen. But he will speak. And he'll tell you stuff. Hallelujah. He'll tell you stuff. Talking about God. Uh, God speaks. To people. Uh, in the book of Judges. The sixth chapter. Then he said to him. If now I have found favor in your sight. Then show me a sign. That it is you, you, who talk with me. This is Gideon. And some of you remember the story of Gideon, how uh, the Midianites were uh, uh, just spoiling, still taking all their stuff, and, and they were being overrun by the Midianites, and they had, they had to hide uh, their harvest in order to have some left because the Midianites would take it all. And Gideon uh, was uh, threshing and, uh, so he could hide it. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him. The mighty man of valor. Gideon looking around. Who's he talking? Who's he talking about? And who is that talking? Now, one thing that I want to bring up, and, and, and I see it in the life of Gideon, and I believe it's applicable to our lives as well. Uh, when Gideon says, if I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it you who talk with me. And you all know the story about Gideon and his fleece, where he put the fleece out. At uh, one point, said, let the, let the ground be wet with dew, but let the fleece be dry. Then let the fleece be wet, let the ground be dry. He put a fleece out. Now, we get caught up in the fleece, but what's interesting to me is that I believe when God communicated to Gideon, it was not a booming voice that was saying, it is God, and you know, rattling and earth shaking. The Bible talks about a still small voice. It was a still small voice. And it was, it, 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 it was such a still, small voice till Gideon had to have faith mm -hmm. to believe that it was God who was talking to him. 
And that's why he said, if I found favor in your sight, uh, would you show me a sign? If it had been earthquake and fire and, and what have you, he wouldn't have had to say, show me a sign. And there are other instances in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it talks about the role of faith, the role called faith. And there are individuals that did mighty works, but the, the interesting thing, it says, by faith. By faith. I believe God spoke to them, God dealt with them, and again, it wasn't some earth shattering, but in many instances, it was a still, small voice. Because if it had been an earthquake and shattering and what have you, I, I don't know about you, but when, 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 the, when, when I see God booming and moving and shaking and I know it's God, it don't take a whole lot of faith. It don't take a whole lot of faith. But you know what? Jesus said when he comes back to the earth, the Son of Man is going to find faith. I'm talking about I'm so glad I'm his friend. Hallelujah. So I believe God dealt with many of them in the Old Testament the same way that he deals with us, with a still small voice. And I think sometimes we have so much going on in our lives and so much uh, outside noise and, and what have you uh, to where uh, the problem is not that God isn't talking or communicating. The problem is we've got so much interference and static and noise that we play it off and don't realize it's God talking. Hallelujah. Oh my God. I want to show you an instance in the scripture, and I'm not going to be much longer, uh, but I want to show you an instance in the scripture in the book of uh, Genesis. I don't have the scripture to put uh, on the screen because the verses uh, there or uh, it would take a number of verses for me to put them on the screen. I, I, I didn't want to make all those sales. Uh, but in the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter, God, I want to show you an example of a conversation that God has with Abraham. And I want to, I want to suggest a point that maybe some of you never thought about. Because I know when I talk about, would you want to hear God's voice? Would you want to be able to communicate with God and, 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 and what have you? For a lot of us, our reason for wanting to hear from God is because we would be able to get directions. Direction for our life. Guidance. You know, we get the scoop on what's going on and what's happening. That's, that, that's what a lot of us want to, why we want to hear from God. But I'm here to tell you something, and let me let me suggest this point to you. Why would God want to talk to us? Why would God want to talk with us? And and let me suggest. I was talking about it in Bible study on on, on uh, Thursday. <coughs> Fellowship. Was anybody listening to me? Yes, yes. Fellowship. Koinonia. In the book of Genesis, when uh, uh, in the Garden of Eden, what did God do? And how did God communicate with Adam and Eve? He spent time with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. God would come 
and fellowship with them. Hallelujah. A lot of us don't realize God loves us so that he wants to spend time to fellowship with us. And I'll show you an example in the conversation uh, that Abraham has with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you found it in uh, Genesis 18, it begins at the 16th verse there. It says, then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become great in a mighty nation, and all these nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, and that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And so the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because, I, and because their sin is very great, I will go now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. And in verse 22 it says, And the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Let me show you a point from uh, verse 22. If you want to hear from God, follow suit with what Abraham just did. Abraham wanted to hear from God, and so the first thing that he did, the other men or angels turned away and were headed towards Sodom. Abraham, what did he say he did? He stood still. And he drew near to talk to God. Hallelujah. And then he begins a conversation there, and I'll read some of it. I won't read it all. Uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham said, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Would you destroy the place and not spare it for 50 righteous that are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And I could keep reading, and you could read on. And, and he starts out with 50. And as he started out with 50, he keeps talking. And some people have looked at that and said, you know what, Abraham, and, and, and I don't mean this despairingly, but what I'm getting ready to say, I'm not trying to disparage anybody. But there's some people that said Abraham was the first Jew. And it looked like he was trying to Jew God down. What if there were lack of five or lack of ten? Would you still destroy it? And he keeps going on. And then he goes down from 40 to 30. You know, far be it from you, the judge of all the earth, 
And he begins to talk and say, God, you know I'm only dust. And, 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 and don't get angry at me. And he keeps on going, and he keeps on going, and he keeps on going. And he gets it down to ten. And God said, if there be ten righteous in the city, I won't destroy it. Now, what am I talking about? Why did I bring that up? Number one, Abraham did not convince God to do something that he already was going to do. Is anybody listening to me? Mm -hmm. Abraham did not Jew God down. God already had purpose what he was going to do. But God spent time and he let him talk. Because God wanted to spend time with his friend. Or was anybody listening to him? He stood still and he drew near and, and, and he tried to be as uh, reverent and respectful as he could and God let him talk and God responded because God wanted to spend time with his friend. Hallelujah. Let me see, did I get ahead? All right. Uh, I put that on the screen. That's my third point. Amen. That's my third point. God speaks to friends. You all hear me? God speaks to friends. Abraham was a friend. Moses was a friend in Exodus 33 and 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. God dealt with and spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Hallelujah. Any of you all have any good friends? Good friends. Sometimes good friends are few and far between. Talking about a good friend. Yeah. You know, one definition of a good friend is if you call them up at 3 in the morning and uh, you say to them, uh, I'm in jail uh, at uh, such and such a police station. And they say the definition of a good friend is the next thing coming out of their mouth is not what did you do. But the next thing coming out of their mouth is I'll be there shortly. That's one 
world definition of a good friend. God speaks mm -hmm. to friends. Mm -hmm. And how do I know that? In James 2 and 23, it says that, and the scriptures was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The greatest compliment that we can pay to God is to believe his word. Y'all hear me? The greatest compliment that we can pay to God is to believe his word. Hallelujah. God called him friend. God called him friend. Now, there's, there's one more thing that I want to communicate uh, while I'm talking in this message. I'm so glad that I am his friend. And uh, there's one more thing that I want to communicate. There's an insight, amen. I think one insight that uh, I think we got today that maybe we had never uh, thought about it that way, but that God really wants to spend time with us. You know, a lot of times, you know, we bring our uh, uh, laundry list of what we want, and uh, we think that prayer is just telling God what we want, but uh, there's some time when God will say, all right, I, I know you got your list. And I'll take care of that. But let's put the list down and let's just spend some time together. How many of you, and what would you think of uh, your best friend if the only time you heard from them was when they wanted you to do something for them? Want you to give them something. Want you to take them somewhere. Want you to do something for them. And that's the only time that you hear from them. And, 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 and uh, they never have time just to you know, spend time with you. Well, I'm here to tell you that, amen, there's times where God says, put your list down. I already know what's on your list before you brought it before me. But I just want to spend some time with you. I believe that's, that's, that's an eye-opening revelation for a lot of us. And then there's one more that I want to give, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. And... Uh, but I want to show you something. Zechariah, the 13th chapter. In Zechariah 13 and 6, this is what is called a messianic scripture that is referring to uh, the coming of Jesus Christ. And in Zechariah 13 and 6, it says, And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. In other words, the prophet Zechariah prophesied 
that the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, was going to be wounded by his friends. And uh, what I want to bring out and what I'd like to help somebody either here or somebody that's listening to us by a live stream uh, broadcast on today, there's some of you that think that you've done so much, that you've done so much wrong, that you have let the Lord down, and that, uh, you know, there's some that say, well, you know, I, 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 if I showed up at church, a lightning bolt might strike me. I've done so much wrong that uh, Jesus doesn't want to hear anything I got to say. And so uh, I don't talk. He and I don't talk. I'm here to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. And, and looking at it on a human level, you know, our enemies, folk that you know are your enemies, you expect them to do stuff. But it's nothing that can wound you like the wound from a friend. Was anybody listening to me? Nothing can hurt like a wound from a friend. And some of the worst squabbles and the worst fights you'll see are fights and squabbles among family members. But I'm so glad that you remember I said he talks, he speaks to who? He speaks to his friends. And I want to show you something here, amen, in the scripture as we begin to wrap this up. Matthew 26, verse 48 through 50. All of you know that it was Judas Iscariot who sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And I want you to see the conversation that Matthew records when uh, Judas came to sell him out. In Matthew 26 and 48, he says, Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he's the one. Seize him. And immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Now let me ask you, if you knew that somebody was selling you out, about to get you crucified and killed, sold you out for money, and they come in your face and call you master, teacher, and want to kiss you, some of us would have laid them out. Some of us would have stopped them before they even got close. Mm -hmm. yeah. But notice what it meant Jesus did, verse 50. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. At that very hour, when Judas was up to his no good stuff, 
Jesus called him friend. He called him friend. And I'm here to tell you that, man, there's some of us, you haven't done as bad as Judas did. Amen. You let yourself down more. So uh, what you did didn't catch God by surprise. And he loves you with a love that will not let you go. You can't outrun his love. David said, where could I flee from his presence? If I took wings of the morning and flew, he'd be there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, he'd be there. He loves you with a love that will not let you go. And, and, and this is a word, this is a rhema word to somebody right now. That you feel you're in a place where Jesus will not take you back. And I'm here to tell you, he's still calling you friend. He's still calling you friend. Hallelujah. And in John 15 and 13, it said, Greater love hath no one than this, that he will lay down his life for his friends. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. Did somebody help me with it? I'm so glad that I am his friend. You know, some of us, when we go through, we feel like we're all by ourselves. Some of us even, we, we, we live with folk. But there are times, there are some things that it seems like the folk you live with don't even understand the stuff you're having to deal with. And the enemy will make you feel isolated and all by yourself. But I'm here to tell you, you're not by yourself. Amen. You're not by yourself. Uh, what's the, the words of the poem when it said, every time I go through, I only see one set of footprints. He said, that's when I was carrying. Jesus laid down his life for his friends. And we are God's friends, whether we know it or not. And friends need to talk to one another. Oh, I hope and trust you got something from the word today. Amen. I hope that this transforms your uh, prayer time. I hope that rather than taking God your list, your to-do list, but you'll be sensitive and open and just say, Lord, I just want to spend time with you. Lord, I just want to spend time with you. Hallelujah. And what we're going to do is uh, I want to pray with those over uh, our live stream audience. And uh, I'd like to close this out because I believe that there's a word uh, specifically for somebody who's listening uh, to us on today, watching us on today, where you felt isolated and separated and you didn't know that God still called you friend. Yeah. He said, I'm married to the backslider. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to pray that uh, 
you would feel uh, the Holy Spirit coming back and uh, letting you know that it's all right, you can come back home. And I want you to let me, if, if you pray this prayer with me and if God has done a work in your life, I want you to, amen, even in the comments, those that are by live stream, let me know. Pastor, I prayed with you. And I felt God's love encompassing me. And I thank God that I can come back home. And immediately after we uh, finish this prayer, they'll close down the live stream. Uh, we're going to be doing the dedication of children and parents, amen, with uh, the family that's gathered with us today. And Bethel, I ask that you would stay with us and uh, take part uh, in the dedication of children and parents. And uh, they'll be coming to the front and they'll be able to get some pictures and uh, time of fellowship. So let's look away to God. Heavenly Father, we just want, again, want to say thank you. We want to say thank you, Lord. We want to man, believe that your word has gone forth to accomplish what you've set for it to do. And it does not return to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for backsliders. I thank you for some who felt like that they were far away from God. But I thank you, Lord, that uh, your word is reaching out to them. And letting them know not to believe the lies of the enemy. And that you still call them friend. And Lord God, I thank you for those under the sound of my voice that are going through tests and trials. And uh, sometimes feel all alone or feel like that they're in it by themselves. But I'm so glad, Lord, that they have a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our griefs to bear. Amen. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh God, thank you for being our friend. Thank you for watching over us, protecting us, keeping us, taking out time to spend with us. Lord, I'm so glad you're my friend. And so God, we just thank you for this prayer and those that uh, prayed with us. And Lord God, I thank you for uh, a, a transforming, for transformation uh, taking place and for drawing them close, back close to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So Sister Ida is going to close out our live stream. And uh, to our live stream audience, if, amen, this word has blessed you. Uh, we want to thank you. You'll need to put the uh, headphones in. And as she's closing uh, out, amen, we're going to prepare for uh, the ministry of uh, dedication of children and parents. And uh, so we're going to ask if you can uh, get them man, we will if they bring them up. Hallelujah. And we thank God. And uh, I tell you, just uh, be seated for a moment. And I, I got something I want to read uh, regarding the subject of uh, 
dedication of children and parents. And as, fin as soon as I finish reading this, uh, we're going to play uh, a selection, uh, and the family's going to come up, uh, those that uh, have been asked to stand with them. And uh, as we prepare for uh, this portion of our service, I begin to think about uh, not just only the ceremony, but uh, I begin to think about what does the Bible have to say about children? And uh, the Bible makes it clear that God expects uh, human beings to come together uh, as uh, couples and to bear children. And uh, though some who choose to honor God through singleness, uh, like Jesus himself, God's general expectation is that people uh, will beget more people. And uh, we're commanded to receive children with the joy as God's gifts and raise them in the nurture and the ammunition of the Lord. We are to find many of our deepest joys and satisfactions in the raising of children within the context of the family. And the Bible lays out at least four purposes for having children. Amen. Uh, and those four purposes are obedience, blessing, disciple-making, and knowledge. And uh, we have children to be obedient to God. As God created the first man and woman and assigned them uh, their crucial calling, God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Genesis 1, 28. And when it talks about that, uh, in Genesis 1, 28, be fruitful and uh, fill the earth. It's talking about uh, that we are to be productive. Amen. God expects us to be productive. And uh, we obey God, amen, uh, directly uh, with that first command to procreate. God has, uh, God has the potential to be glorified in each and every one of his image bearers. So contrary to the culture, which view that children are an obstacle, we believe what the Bible declares that children are a blessing. We have children to experience blessing. Obedience to God always brings joy. And he uh, said, Behold, children are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children and uh, the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Psalms 127, 3 through 5. And when we consider children a blessing rather than an obstacle, we are obeying Jesus and aligning our will to his. When we have children, we experience the blessings of God that comes with and through them. The other thing we said that there are four things. We said uh, uh, obedience. We talked about blessing. Amen. We have children. Uh, we also have the, the uh, commitment or the, the call to make disciples. We do not procreate simply to have more people on the earth, but to have more Christians on the earth. 
The point is to increase the number of followers of Jesus Christ. God's purpose in making marriage the place to have children was never meant merely to fill the earth with people, but to fill the earth with worshipers of the true God. Thus the key to every parent is the great commission. Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So the ultimate purpose of parenting is not fulfilled at the birth of a child, but at the conversion of a child. And then lastly, we have children to know God more. By having children, we come to a deeper knowledge of God. After all, God relates to us as the father to children. And having children gives us a deeper understanding of what this entails. But we do uh, more than come to a deeper knowledge of God. We also come to greater conformity to the character of God. If we let him, he uses all of our joys and challenges of parenting to make us more like him. By God's marvelous design, few life experiences humble us as, uh, quite as effectively as parenting. That tiny tyrant is provincially placed in our house with one grand program to mold his and her parents into the image of our Lord. So at this time, children are regarded uh, in our society is an optional accessory. No, they're not. To a good life. Or written off as an obstacle. But we do well to return to the infallible word of God. To once again establish God's purpose for having children. We have children to obey God. To experience his blessing. To have the joy of making disciples. And to grow in our conformity to him. Children are indeed a great gift to God. And so we're going to ask the family. Amen. We want to thank the Lord for the family that is gathered here. And uh, this will be the first dedication of children and parents that we've done in a while. And uh, we thank God for uh, the privilege to do so today. This service is uh, to be observed Amen. During the congregational worship at Bethel. And uh, the scripture says in Genesis 33 and 5. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the woman and the children and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, The children which God has graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And as we have already began to share scriptures, we're going to pray God's blessing and ask that you would bow your heads. Dear God, we present to thee this child as a gift from these parents who in gratitude of having received her from thee, now give her back to thee. We are mindful this day how Jesus called the little ones as lambs to his fold and placed his hands of blessings upon them and threw his arms of love around them and gave them the kindest look. We know something of the craving in the heart of a child. Its innocence is a cry 
for purity. It's weakness, a cry for strength. It's helplessness is a cry for protection. And its heart is a great plea of love. Grant as she grows that she will grow in thy wisdom and in thy favor. Preserve her when danger threatens the succession of infancy and childhood. Undergird and strengthen her in moments of youthful temptation. And lead her to accept thee as her personal savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so congregation, amen, as you witness this today, uh, you are gathered uh, and privileged to witness the coming of these grandparents and parents to dedicate their child to the gracious and loving care and keeping of God our Father and Christ our Savior. God grant that we who are gathered today in worship shall earnestly assume with these parents the responsibility for this child's Christian training inasmuch as all of us at some point and in some measure shall influence, uh, shall influence uh, exercise influence upon the child in some way. If you, the members of this uh, church and community, are willing to do so, we ask that you would pray for this child, that she may be led in her years of her personal accountability to abhor that which is evil and to cling to that which is good. And then to the grandparents, amen. We thank God, amen. Thank God for grandparents. Amen. Thank God for grandparents. And uh, that's a special relationship. Uh, to the grandparents and to the mother, amen, on today. As you present your child for dedication to God, we ask you, are you willing to rededicate yourselves to the maintenance of a Christian home where Christ shall be honored, the word of God held in reverence, so that she on her own free choice may confess uh, her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as her personal savior. And if you're willing to do so, would you answer in the affirmative, we do. We do. Amen. Because you recognize the spiritual, physical, and moral responsibilities of parenthood, and your dependence upon God for strength and wisdom to faithfully discharge the duties of a parent, do you now present your child in dedication to God, seeking divine blessing and guidance for her life? Again, you can answer, we do. We do. All right. And uh, with, uh, I know she probably, she's sleepy and asleep now, so amen. Granddad's going to continue to hold her. and example, using the many agencies of the church to train her in love toward God and the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. We therefore commend her to the gracious keeping of God. Now she's not going to necessarily remember this day, 
But uh, as Christ's minister, we're going to ask that you would tell her about it early in her life, the vows and the prayers that were made on this day. And uh, to commemorate, amen, this, and I want to see if I got we got that right. Is that Geneva? Genevieve. Genevieve. All right. Amen. To commemorate that, amen, we want to give you a certificate to uh, commemorate, amen, the dedication on today. And we'll close out with a word of prayer. And then uh, if you want to get some pictures, amen, we can do that. Amen. Let's look away to God. And again, we thank uh, the congregation for uh, being patient and uh, staying with us. And so I'm going to ask that you point your hand this way. And we want to say, God bless Genevieve right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray your blessings upon this mother, upon this daughter, upon these grandparents, oh God, as they raise Genevieve in the fear and the ammunition of the Lord. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent, one from the other. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you want to get pictures, can we get somebody to come up and get some pictures for you? Amen. Anybody want to take some pictures? All right. She don't want to take it. She's like, <laughs> okay. It should, it should only run for a certain amount of time before. Yeah, that's probably it. Make sure you share those with them so that they can get them. to the same place I did. and then it'll give you a dialogue and you click that dialogue
So it is it stop? Okay. Yeah, when you went up and see it stop. Let's see. Or I stop and then I click on this. Yeah. And then I stop. Yeah, up there. And then another dialogue would come. And then she asked you, are you sure? You know, do you want to That that was the way to do it. Now, I'm going to download the message so you can just leave it like this. Okay. And I'll uh, download the message for today. But uh, I want to thank you. And uh, thank you. That's the way things go. It was easy, but I was just nervous about describing this assignment. He was watching me. My mentor said I did good. Go home and watch it. I'll be graded. I'll be graded.
Either on my desk or in the in the chair. Okay. Appreciate it. 